0: Welcome to Change the Narrative. I'm your host, JD Fuller. I'm Susie Younger. An African-American licensed psychotherapist. I'm also a licensed therapist. We talk about the isms, we talk about the phobias, anything that marginalizes and oppresses. As a white woman, I ask the questions white people are too afraid to ask. Everything we are not and everything we are is because of fear. Through a a mental mental health lens, Susie and I will have difficult conversations with celebrity guests, political activists and everyone in between. Our mind will tell us whatever we want to believe, but the truth lives in the body and that's where change occurs. Are you ready to
1: change the narrative? Wow, that is our response to our next guest's career. Avery Kidwada is a multi-hyphenate, a real deal. He has appeared in over 50 TV shows, over 40 commercials, and he isn't stopping anytime soon. His best friend and part of our fabulous producing team at I Am Music Group calls him a writer, producer, actor, father. And he is the creator, writer, and actor in his newest venture, the multi-award winning movie and HBO's pick for best feature film, Questions. Avery says that after watching movies, he rarely saw portraits of people who looked like him. He wanted to shine a big light, and bring forward everything as a Black man and artist that he wanted to see. Okay, I would be totally remiss if I didn't tell you how much I also loved your episode on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like the aptly titled movie, J.D. loves asking questions. So take it away, J.D. and welcome, Avery. Oh, thank you.
0: First of all, I'm a little saddened to know that I'm not Kevin's best friend. I thought for sure <laughs> I had that title. So I'll have to take that up afterwards. But it's, it's nice to meet his other best friend. Yeah. To have him. Yeah.
2: yeah. Kevin, I go way back. I mean, we've we've been through so much together. Yeah, we're real tight. It's it was just like, you know, we're, we're brothers from from different mothers. You know, that's yeah, that's definitely our relationship for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, well, you and I are connected because you're a fellow Virgo. Are you're a Virgo? Oh, yeah. Virgo in the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we have our own special connection. That works oh, for me. Right. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, I saw this in one of, the, one of the articles about you, and it's it's really true. You have such a familiar face. <laughs> so people, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I felt like I knew you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I, know, I heard that, that happens
2: often. It happens a lot. It happens quite often. And it's funny. I mean, Every now and again, someone will be like, oh, no, I've seen you on television or seen you in something. But most of the time, the overwhelming majority is people are constantly like, hey, um, no, I know I know you do did you go to high school where'd you grow up did you grow up in michigan or no i'm like no nah, i've never oh, okay no i know oh wait did you used to date um susie or did you i'm like no nah, i don't i don't know what you're talking about and they're like nah, no i know you somewhere do you, do you owe me money you know it's, <laughs> it's always. <laughs> yeah it's always so it's always fun and i and my personality i don't really i always feel kind of silly if i go oh well You've probably, or maybe, you've seen me on television. Uh-huh. I don't know. That always feels weird, so I never do it. So I just end up having these conversations with people because they're literally like, "No, no, no! I know, I know you. I got to figure this out." And and I won't, you know, I won't ever say, "Oh, television" or something. I just go, "I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure." Maybe you met someplace.
0: <laughs> you have all these hidden friendships that you don't know about. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to us about, well, first of all, thank you so much for coming on and making it so easy. We totally appreciate that. I want to acknowledge that.
2: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your, your childhood. What was it like? What's the family structure? Where were you raised? Just give a little background. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago.
2: I'm a Chicago kid. I yes, I town. Yeah. I mean, my childhood was awesome. My parents... My parents are great. Uh, my mom was an English professor, and my pops was a correctional officer for Cook County. We and then, like I said, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and Chicago was real interesting. We I grew up in an area called Pill Hill, which was a pretty nice area. I mean, there were a lot of doctors and lawyers and things like this in the area. And actually, because there were so many doctors that lived in that area, that's why it got the name Pill Hill.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: that's funny yeah but you know it's also it's the south side of chicago and so a lot of my friends lived outside of the neighborhood and and and, and a few of them lived in area in areas that were a lot rougher so my experience growing up was really interesting because i really saw so many sides of everything right like growing up the way i did it was just you know i I, you know, I saw, I saw what it was like, you know, there were affluent people that lived in my neighborhood, but then, you know, I would go to my friends and, and everything, and we would go into what, you know, what people would consider or call the hood, you know, or call, you know, people call it. And, you know, but then, you know, a lot of my great, you know, good friends, I, I, you know, I had, I had friends who were gangsters and stuff growing up, and unfortunately, I have some friends who are incarcerated now and all of these things, but you know, but then I, I, you know, I have a lot of friends who grew up and became, you know, lawyers and engineers and all this other thing. So I've seen it was such a, re- a well-rounded childhood experience for me, which I think helped me a lot in my acting career, because once I got started in acting, I never really felt uncomfortable. There wasn't a situation where I felt uncomfortable. I felt like I could fit in anywhere, you know, regardless of who I was talking to, or what I was doing. I felt at home and they seemed for the most part to feel
0: comfortable with me and i think that's helped me a lot with my acting career so wait let me let me, let me wait Avery. let me back up a little bit because I, I got to know birth order i am a therapist so i oh, want to okay. know where, where 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 are you in the family how many so how many i'm the oldest kids? i just i have
2: one sibling uh, a younger sister yeah who's, okay. who's three and a half years younger than me so it's the, okay yeah, the two of us yeah but man it must have been tough for her older virgo brother Oh, I, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, yeah, it's, I, yeah. <laughs> she had to deal with a lot of my opinions, which now, I mean, yeah. added bonus as you know, as a Virgo, all of our opinions are correct. So, oh, you know, I'm just we, saying, I'm right, just saying, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, nothing you know, we can so do about that. Do just listen, you know, but, uh, <laughs>
0: but uh yeah the two of us yeah (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna love that part (laughs) right yeah (laughs) so pretty grounded um stable upbringing but very diverse so you had you had a little bit of flavor from from all over the the city which is really cool that's amazing absolutely yeah yeah and so when did you decide that acting writing directing producing (laughs) was going to be your path You know, it's funny. It was kind of a two-pronged process.
2: So the first part of it was, we, my parents exposed my sister and I to a lot of different things. And so they would take us to plays sometimes. And there was a theater called ETA, which stood for Ebony Theater Association. And uh, it was located on the south side of Chicago. And we went to a play. We went to a few plays there. But this one play we went to, it was called Stoops. And there was this, at the time, there was this kid. He was about 16 And he was in the play and, you know, he was doing his thing. And while we're watching the play, my mom turns to me, she goes, you know what? I bet you, you could do that. And I I just was looking at it. And as soon as she said it, I just started looking at it different, like, oh, I wonder if I could do something like that, you know? And and so there was that experience that kind of started a little something. And then what really kind of kicked it into full gear was. I was I was a little bit of a class clown in school. I would get in trouble, sent to detention a few times here and there. And one day, one of my teachers kind of got tired, I guess, of sending me to detention. And she got creative. She said, you know what? Instead of going, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either go to detention again, or you can go and try out for the school play.
1: Oh, that's and great. That's genius. I,
2: yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to go try out for the play, of course. And so... And the funny thing is, I went in there, really just to kind of cause trouble to do my thing, you know. And I thought I was going to go in there and cause a little bit of a ruckus and get my attention and everything. And so I went in there trying to be funny and cracking all these jokes. And unbeknownst to me, the show they were doing was a comedy. And <laughs> so I was my plan was to be a little disruptive, but I, they were loving it, up everything I was doing, and actually offered me the lead role in the play. Stop! Stop yeah, it! Yeah. And so I said, "Okay, I did it. I decided to do it." And once I got that first reaction from the audience, you know, when the show got up and it was just like, it was just like angels started saying, "Like, oh, this is this is your path. This is what you're 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 meant to do," you know. And yeah, and I just I just fell in love well, with.
0: It. You know, right onto that teacher because that's what it takes. Yeah. You know, I mean, mom was on point, of course, because that's mom. Yeah. But, you know, for a teacher to say that, have that as an opportunity, that's what we tell people with kids who act out. Find something for them to do. Find a way to redirect that energy. They're some of the best leaders given the opportunity. Props to her. Do you remember her name? Yes, it was Miss Malkovich. Linda Ms. Malkovich. Malkovich. Right on, Miss Malkovich. Props to you. <laughs> so you started acting and give us an idea of how, how, how did you have such a successful career? I mean, there's a lot of people who jump into the game, but I mean, they don't have the kind of success that you've had. So talk about that a little bit, would you?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, the first thing I think was tremendously helpful was I was in Chicago and there were a lot of resources, a lot of, you know, a lot of things for me to, to when I got started in it to help me, uh, especially in the early going. So that theater that, that I was telling you about ETA, where we saw the play, I actually started taking classes there, theater classes there. And then I met, you know, we're still great friends to this day. I mean, he was kind of a, a life changing mentor to me. But Renako Jahi, who was the acting coach, uh, he would do, the, he, you know, he uh, taught the classes, the acting classes at ETA. And once I started there, he just he, he just took me under his wing. I guess he saw something in me. And he just he's just really pushed me, pushed me hard, like, you know, he, and, and early going, I'd be like, oh, man, how come? Why? It seems like you're pushing me harder than everybody else. Like, what? <laughs> and later he told me, he said, look, you know, I would I would have never told you this back then. But he said, you know, early on. I saw something in you that was different. There was a spark in you, something that came across on stage that I didn't see in everybody else. And I just felt a need to really push and, and get, you know, make sure you could. I, I saw that you had somewhere that you could go that was it was different. I said, oh wow, okay. But I didn't know that then. And so I just was like, man, this dude, <laughs> this dude is crazy. Why is he always how come, you're not screaming at them for not having their their stuff memorized? Why, why how you know <laughs> why are you screaming at me about, you know, and all of these things. But yeah. he was great, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful mentor and acting professor. He, he taught me a lot about the craft of acting. You know, he he instilled that in me. You know, when I when I was first doing it, it was really just kind of a way to get attention, you know. But he instilled the love of the art and the craft of it, and he made me start looking at it in a completely different way. And I think that's a real big part of what's made me been able to create and carve out a successful career so far in this industry, because, you know, it's, it's a real tough industry. So yeah. miss, meeting Mr. Renako Jahi and, and, and having him be my mentor was was definitely key, key part of it. But it was also too, again, like I said, growing up on the South side of Chicago, I had so many different types of experiences that again, there just weren't a lot of places where I felt uncomfortable. So, mm. you know, if I had a big audition, if I had a big meeting, if I had, I mean, I'd be, you know, I would have butterflies sometimes, but it was easy for me to convert that into energy and just run in and do it as opposed to get kind of so nervous that it might keep me from doing my best or, you know, not not putting my fullest effort out at certain times right. and things like this. So a lot of the different experiences and things growing up in Chicago. And then I was I also played a lot of sports when I was young. And, you know, there's always this mentality of, hey, go get it. You got to go get it. Work hard. Do this. You know, never stop working. Get better, better, better. And so once right. I got into acting and I would get auditions, that's how I would, I would approach all of my auditions. I would get a script I'd break it down, you know, and and go through everything. And I would just I would work it. probably sometimes I would overwork it. I mean, because that's something you could do a lot in acting is you can kill it by going over it too much. So that was something right. that I actually did uh, maybe a little too much in the early going. I would just but I would go over it so much. And so when I would come into a room for the audition, I'd be so prepared. You know, I'd be able to do the script backwards if needs if needed be, you know, so. Yeah. So it was a combination of all of that. It just kind of. Yeah.
0: You know, you hit on a few really important things that I want to point out because it's so much of what is missing for kids today. And they have so much more to deal with. You know, the idea that you had the strong family structure, you had a teacher who saw something in you. Just one. You know, I was texting a friend today and I was saying, you know, my, my thing about math, I can't stand math. It's like it'll make me break out in a cold sweat. Yeah. even with a calculator it's so ingrained and you know when I think back it's because I, I I, never had one teacher who saw something in me never my whole entire elementary school middle school high school not one and so I was a late bloomer I had to figure out a lot of stuff along the way so I'm really envious and just want to highlight the fact that one teacher can make a difference in a kid's life you just have to see them differently yeah you know and redirect yeah. them it's yeah you're you're absolutely right I mean it's super
2: is super crucial. It's it's just, you know, and the thing is that that never even really goes away either. Cause like I just told you right? when, when, uh, when Mr. Jahi told, cause this was recently when he told me what he saw, that he saw something in me, this was maybe four, maybe five years ago when he said this to me and it, really, and it really had a big effect on me. Even, you know, by then I was a full grown adult, had my own, all this had been doing in the industry for so many years. And, and even just hearing him say like, Oh really? Like that even was like, Oh kind of like gave me another win to like, yeah, let me keep going. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it really means a lot when especially teachers and parents and and see something in you and communicate that to you.
0: You know, it's difficult because a lot of the parents are in their own struggle trying to figure out just how to survive, particularly after a pandemic like this. There's a lot of, you know, survival going on. So it's really hard to just say, you know, just provide the structure for your kids. I don't mean to be flip about that at all. You know, but I think communication about the challenges and engaging in it as a team is one of the things that are beneficial. Now you had that base already, so when adults spoke to you, I don't know, you heard it in a way that was very helpful. You know, and then you had the acting coach. I mean, a mentor—that's the other one, right? So just having somebody who pull pulls you along, even when you're being resistant. You know, because that's the thing about resistance. I don't see it as a challenge. I see it as an opportunity, Mm -hmm. and that's what that's what your uh, Mr. Jahi proved. You know, it was an opportunity.
1: That's absolutely right. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: and That's yeah, excellent. yeah. And you, you're, I, I'm so glad that you said that too. The resistance. I mean, another thing that I realized with him being so hard on me, you know, he he'd been in the industry. He knew how tough it can be on people. So, oh yeah, with him being so hard on me, what I didn't know then, but what, what I fully am aware of now is he was preparing me for a career in the industry because it's going to be hard, you know. And so he put it in a situation where he's like, look. I'm gonna do the best I can to make sure whatever experience you have in the entertainment industry won't be something that you haven't seen, (laughs) that you haven't been through. You know, I'm gonna try to be so hard that everything else is a cakewalk. You know what I mean? And that's what he did. Because once I once I left his his class and I and I left Chicago, I went to New York and studied at NYU, to School of the Arts, Mm -hmm. and that was a really it was a great program, but it was really tough. And they told us right at the beginning during orientation look around because 50 to maybe 55% of these people won't be here at the end of the first first year. They're going to, they're not going to stay. They're going to go for various different reasons. They're going to leave. And it was a really tough pro because we had to have carry a full class load, but we had eight hour studio sessions, three days a week. It was just, it was really tough. It was really hard, but that was part of their philosophy as well Is like, look, if you're going to want to try to really have a shot to make a living in this industry, you got to, you know, you got to be willing to, if you yeah, don't have any sure. connections, that is,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know what I hear, Avery, when you, when you talk about that, I hear Black parenting, you know, got to, right, got to prepare you, you know, it's seen as being so hard on kids, yeah. but in reality, it's preparing them for a hellish life, you know, where yeah. systems are going to continue to challenge you and oppress you. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you're not up for the challenge, you won't, yeah. you won't survive. So that's what I hear there as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Powerful. And, and very loving. It's still very loving, this idea oh, of preparation. I mean, I, I can't think of anything more loving than, than preparing yeah. your, you know, your
2: young one, your child to be able to face the world, you know, and, and, and be able to succeed.
0: You know, I, I can't yeah. think of anything more loving than that. I agree. Well, I know you were just at NYU only five years ago, but give us an idea. Right, right, of right. Yes. Give us an idea of where you were five years ago versus where you want to be five years from now. Oh, OK. That's cool. That's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> Let's see. Five years ago,
2: I was well, five years ago, I was really entrenched in in getting my film questions out. <laughs> really, uh, okay. like just, I just yeah, like five years ago. Yeah, that was pretty much everything to me at that point we had shot it already and and so we were we were finishing up some editing things and and trying to meet a few deadlines to get it into a few different festivals where the deadline we had been accepted but hadn't quite finished the cut yet and we had to hurry up and get it in so that you know so they could show it and so that was everything then it was just i was i was five years ago around this time i was just in editing booths
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just, a, just an
2: editing booths getting you know getting questions finished and getting questions ready you know, it, that was such a, that was such an encompassing, all encompassing experience doing questions because, I you know, I, I had to wear a million different hats on that one. And so, you know, it, it, it was it, it, that was at that time, that was everything. That was my whole that was that was the whole world. So, yeah, that's that's what was going on five years ago. As far as where I want to be five years from now. Oh, boy. You know, I think five years from now, you know, five years from now. I want to just be, <laughs> that is such a tough question. I think I really, I want to just be, I want to still be able to be creative. Uh, what I mean by that is I, you know, sometimes I find myself, I get caught up in a lot of the the business side of the industry, which 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 is one of the tough things about the industry. The business side takes a lot away from the creative side in this industry okay. a lot. And sometimes you can kind of get caught up in the business side, which you i mean, it's absolutely necessary. You have to. You want to make sure you're you're getting what you should be getting and everything's right. But there are two sides of the brain. And so sometimes you find yourself wrestling with each side. And and sometimes for me personally, I I let the business side kind of pull me down. It's not it's not the side I enjoy. And so sometimes I let it kind of pull me down and take enjoyment of the whole thing out. And that's that damn Virgo that yeah, exactly. damn, damn Virgo. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But I've been getting better at it. I've been really been making a conscious effort to work on that. and I feel like I've been making some strides. and so I feel I feel like one of my biggest goals for five years from now would just be would be getting to a point to where
0: I've basically have gotten really good at that. <laughs> I've really got gets good. better with age. It gets better yeah. with age, I promise you. <laughs> okay, okay. I want to talk about questions. I I loved it. It was great. For one, I love that there were so many Brown faces. That was really nice to see black and Brown in movies. That doesn't always have to be offset by the colorism in society. So that's, that's very exciting. I love the nuances. It's just really smart and sweet and funny. And so I want to know how long have you been struggling with these questions? (laughs) Ooh! <laughs> oh, man. Well,
2: I for for a long time, I I wrote the very first draft of questions in 96. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote the very first draft of questions in 1996 while I was at NYU. It was one of these things where I've always been a big fan of Woody Allen's movies. Um, mm-hmm. I've always loved his films. And then also at the time, there was a film that came out which was called Swingers, which was really good with uh, uh, John Favreau wrote that and Vince Vaughn was in it. And actually, I think that's kind of what made him a star was, yeah, Swingers. And but I just loved the film and and what it was talking about and why I was watching Swingers. And and like I said, I'd been thinking this for a long time, watching a bunch of different Woody Allen movies. I kept thinking, well, I'd really love to see a movie like this dealing with these topics with people that look like me in it, <laughs> you know, and people who are expressing some of the ways I see these things in it, you know, because, and when I say that, especially what I like about a lot of Woody Allen stuff is I love the way he deals with insecurities. You know, a lot of the humor in his films comes from people being honest about whatever they're insecure about, you know, and trying to, and, and, and that's always funny to me. And so-
0: um, Hey, Avery, it's unfortunate he wasn't honest in his own life. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. that. Then there's that. There is that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But
0: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off.
2: No, 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 it's It's fine. And so I didn't, I hadn't seen it. So I just, one day I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to start writing. I'm going to start writing, you know, and, you know, and see what happens. And then questions was born. And, and it was funny because at that time, like I said, I was at NYU and I, and I was starting to have, I guess, more mature relationships, you know, I mean, uh, in high school. It was all, you know, I had relationships, but it was, it was silly stuff, you know, it was silly. I was, but, you know, I was finally kind of starting to have what I would consider more mature relationships. And then I was, you know, I was starting to see, starting to have, that was raising a lot of questions for me. <laughs> and, uh, and then there were a lot of my immaturities that led to you me doing silly things that, <laughs> you know, that would make the person I was dating at the time upset with me. And so I just started putting all of this stuff down on paper and questions was born that way. Yeah.
0: So, you know, that's just, I love the idea of, of taking experiences. You know, that's a lot of what I do in life is use life experiences. So I love that idea of using experiences and bringing it to life. I think that's really, I think those are the best stories. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, as great as art can be, art
2: will never be stranger. Um, <laughs> exactly. I'm getting ready to, Yeah. You know, it's, it's I'm yeah, getting yeah. ready to butcher the saying, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. Life will always be stranger than art. Right? There you go. So it's, there you it's go. so, you know, to take from life and put it in your art. I mean, you know, that for, for me, that always makes it more interesting because, you know, it's you, I, you can never you, you can never off the top of your head come up with some of the things that happen in,
0: <laughs> in, yeah, in okay. real life. You know? You know, look, that's what was so natural about the the movie is that there's all these moments where it didn't seem like acting at all. It just seemed like, you know, people who actually knew each other, which is which is so great. So tell me which which one of the characters was you and which one was Kevin? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So. so
2: (laughs) Um, Well, to be frank, for the for the guys, for the four guys, if I'm being honest, all four of them were me. I I knew it. I knew that.
0: I knew that. Yeah.
2: All four of them were me just at different stages.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's great. That's awesome. But,
2: but just to embarrass Kev a little bit, uh, (laughs) I would say the one that Kevin is the most like would be, uh, would be, um, would be Justin, I would say. (laughs) Justin, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely the most like Kev.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, Kev. I'm gonna let you respond to that on your own. I'm gonna let that go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you laugh. It's got me laughing so hard. All right. So wait, let me get back to my questions. Though. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm Kevin busting here. Yeah. <laughs> um. So since the project is a romantic journey, what what have you learned about black love? One of my favorite subjects. Oh. Oh, man, you know,
2: what have I learned? What have I learned? Well, I've learned that just like everything else when it comes to blackness, especially American blackness. It's not a monolith. You know, it's it's so it's so diverse. There's so many different experiences. There's so many different. And once. And once questions were starting to, to be seen by audiences, you know that's that's a lot of the feedback I got as well. You know, a lot of people were like, "Yo, you know, this is I've never seen this situation quite dealt with like that." But I went through that same thing. I've never seen anybody talk about it like that. Like, you know, I, you know, a, a lot of people. I I was hearing that a lot, and so um, I, I think that the biggest thing that I learned is is it, it's it's just it's not a monolith. Just like so many other things when it comes to 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 blackness which you know because a lot of times our our american blackness especially it does it, it they try to pigeonhole it right it you know yes. they, they try to make it into a monolith a lot right like it's one like it's this one thing but it, it's not it's so much more so much bigger so
0: much yeah diverse. totally i also think that um this idea of black love it's it's all kinds of black you know, exactly. it's the self-love that evolves into romantic love and community love. And so even that's not a monolith. So yeah. That's why yeah. I love to expand on it and explore it in different ways. And I love the way you put that. You know, it's different. Yeah. It's different, yet similar.
2: Is exact. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: different, yet similar. Yeah. 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 So you have accomplished so much so far in your career. What's next for you?
2: Oh, man. You know, I I really... I really want to get more involved on the producing end um, and and getting content out, uh, being responsible for getting content out. That's really where I'm focusing right now is taking steps to to get more content out, to get more films, more shows out. And there's always the issue of of representation in Hollywood and all these things. But. I'm glad to see that it's starting to happen a little bit more in the conversation, but for the longest, people would always talk about the representation in front of the camera without ever addressing the representation behind it. And especially in the okay. boardrooms and the people who make the decisions on what gets made. Mm-hmm. And really, at the end of the day, until that part changes, no, nothing else will really change, you know. Uh, not, I you agree. Know. And so my focus is to really do what I can and start working in that behind the camera. You know, focus and yeah. and and start working on producing more and doing what I you can you
1: know do. when
0: you bring that up. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. When you no, no, when you, you bring that up, <clears throat> it makes me think of you know, when you bring up the boardroom, I immediately comes to me this idea of you know, a seat at the table, you know, what that means, what that looks like. You know, I see the boardroom as this table. And you know, I'm I'm just at this age in my life, if if we aren't creating our own tables what's being served isn't going to fill us up anyway. That's so right. That's absolutely the idea of getting in and sitting down. It begins to be more performative than it is actually restructuring a system that's designed to oppress and provide opportunities for some and not others. So I love that you're looking how to do that behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I definitely, and I definitely want to do whatever it is that I can to help expand it, to help, you know, expand opportunities to get, Get things out, and I tell you, before we went into productional questions, when we were trying to get, because it it was, it ended up being independently produced. But before we went that route, we were trying to get, you know, studio um, backing and all of these things for it, and we had some interesting suitors. Mm -hmm. But I'll never forget, there were, there was, there was, we went to this one meeting, and we walk into the room, and we're waiting, and it was me and was one of my uh, producing partners in this meeting. And so the executive, the, the executive walks in and he sees me and he sees my producing partner and he goes, oh, kind of stops in his tracks a little bit. And he goes, oh, huh. OK. And, wow. and my partner, we look at each other we're like, well, that's weird. Not, <laughs> that's that's a weird way to start a meeting. Not a hello. How are you? But he just. Right. Huh, oh, OK. So he sits down, finally introduces himself. We introduce ourselves and everything. And, uh, and then he goes to start talking and. And I just, I just, I couldn't help myself because it was so bizarre. I just said, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I just gotta ask. Good for you. What uh you seem to have a little bit of a weird reaction when we when you walked in. I, I'm just curious as to what you know what happened. And he goes, Oh, well, you know what? I I didn't I didn't know you guys were black. And we go, Oh, well, okay, yes, we're black. <laughs> and he goes, Yeah, yeah. He, he goes, Look, I I really love this script. I love the script, but the problem is. We already have our our urban content for the for the year. You know, we already have our urban slate. <laughs> and we're just like, oh, okay. And the fun, what that pointed out to me that was so crazy was that this guy clearly really was enamored with this. I mean, we were there. They set up right. the meeting because he was enamored with the script. He really liked it. And just because of, just because we're black that all of a sudden changed everything. It didn't matter what was in the script, didn't matter what the script was about. It was just like, "Oh, well now this is an urban product project." Wow. This is a and 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 it's his definition of urban at that, right? Like it's not, you know, it's like it, it's it's right. his definition of urban um and he's, you know, and and he wasn't he's not black. <laughs> he was not a he's not black person, so surprise surprise. Right, right. So so I was like wow. So you know that actually obviously didn't end up going anywhere and then there was one other experience after we'd actually shot it we were it 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 was doing really well on the festival circuit. And so we had one company who reached out and the head of acquisition reached out and we we'd actually met at, at, a, at a festival i forget which festival we met at but we had a real good conversation and everything and he seen questions loving us i send it in and a couple of months later he gets back to me and he's like hey man so look i just want to call it looks like uh I, you know it looks like we're not going to be able to move forward and getting this out i was really hopeful and then he gets kind of quiet and he goes you know i probably shouldn't tell you this but but you know, but he didn't say he he said a, a expletive. But I'll just say he said screw it. You know, that's not exactly what he said, but, yeah, but it God, seemed God. like it was something that kind of upset him. But he said, uh, but he said screw it. I'm gonna tell you anyway. He's like, look, man, this was the best film I've seen this year, right? He's like, for me personally, it's the best film I've seen this year, and everyone really likes the film. And I'm thinking, okay, well, why are you telling me you can't move forward? <laughs> he goes, look, I'll be honest with you. A lot of the other people in the distribution department feel like they wouldn't know how to market this film. And I said, well, I don't understand. What do you mean? Why? Why wouldn't they understand how to market it? And he goes, well, because for them, it's not it's not like it's not a black film. Again, their definition of black film. Mm. It's not a black film that they've seen before. Right. They didn't they they didn't understand. They felt like whatever market they felt like they were marketing to, as far as when it comes to, you know, black folks, they felt like questions didn't quite fit and they didn't know how to sell it. (laughs) And my thinking was, you know, they market things full of, you know, white people to black audiences all day, every day, (laughs) all the time. Like, why is it all all of a sudden such a big issue to flip that, 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 you know, that. So, but that was the problem there. That's why that didn't go forward. And so those two things were so crucial and, fo- and crucial in the formation of my deep desire to, mm-hmm. you know, to figure out a way to, we, like, we, we've got to get on these executive yeah. levels. We have to start being the one approving our own content. And, you know. Yeah. 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 So change.
0: You know, that brings something deep and psychological to me, which is just how much... They were adamant about not seeing, I don't even want to say positive images, it's not even positive images of of brown and black people. It's human, Yes, (laughs) human images, like human beings. To humanize the black body seemed like a foreign concept. That shit is deep. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let that sit for a minute. That's deep. Yeah. That's, That's a damn shame. I don't know that we've come that far from that either. Yeah I I you know, I would I would argue no there's still a long road to go in that regard. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like if, if you all don't get behind that camera and create your own tables this is this is the message. How do you yep. humanize people? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's heavy. Well man that brought me way down. I'm got kind of to ground myself from this <laughs> oh, back up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> I didn't mean to bring the energy Stop. so far down. I apologize. No, no apologies necessary. It's all about the real here. I'm just saying that that's you gotta sit with that for a second, let that resonate. So, where can people find you? Tell everybody where they can find your projects, where they can find you. Okay, well, you
2: can find me. I uh I have I'm on the biggest social medias, uh social medias as I call them. Um so yeah, I'm on Facebook under (laughs) under uh Avery Avery Waddell, A-V-E-R-Y-W-A-D-D-E-L-L on Facebook. I'm I'm in. Avery kid Waddell on Instagram and oh yeah. And TikTok as well. Uh, yeah. So those are my, those are my social media handles. Yeah. And as far as, and as far as where you can find, so I have, man, I have stuff everywhere. So, but questions, we were just talking a lot about questions. So I'll start with that. You can, you can actually find questions right now on, on Google play, Amazon prime, Apple TV, iTunes, and YouTube movies. It, oh, and I said Amazon Prime. Yeah. And so okay. it's available on all, on all those platforms to uh, to rent or purchase if you want. And I highly recommend doing so. If, if, exactly. you know. And then. Yeah. And then I also have uh, I also have another film. It's an older film that I did, though. Uh, I'm just in that one. I didn't I didn't make that uh, produce that one or directed. It, but it's called Tempest Eye, which is also on Amazon Prime. That one is actually free if you have a Prime membership. Yeah, I, it, right now, currently, I'm working on. Uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, television commercials lately, so I'm in the I'm in the midst of doing a bunch of uh, television television commercials right now. I have to, there's a lot. That's also such a tough question. I, there's a lot. Give it lot up. Of, Give it all up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I sometimes I'll I'll just say it feels a little. I don't know. I always feel a little like cheesy when I say this, but sometimes I'm like, ah, you know. You, you just Google it. Just just Google me. and Stuff pops up. <laughs> sometimes it's just the easiest way to, you know, like hey, because stuff that stuff pops up there. It is a real easy way to find out what I have going on and what's
0: coming up. So, but yeah. Look, unless you're talking about a certain generation, because that sounds. That like- <laughs> I said, unless you're talking about a certain generation, it's really. All right. Easy, but <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah. Some people need to be directed. I know I'm one of them sometimes. All right. <laughs> Need yeah. a little help. Google, Google can be <laughs> overwhelming.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that is true. It can be. Yeah, no, I, I'm with, I'm, I'm there with you too. So I, at at times, I mean, there's definitely there're definitely times where I'm looking like, wait,
0: what? What is all this? This is nice. <laughs> go down a, you go down a rabbit hole, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Avery, it's been a pleasure. You are so sweet and awesome. I see why you and the other sweetie guy, Kevin, are such good friends. Um, and you're quite the looker too. May I say that you're so handsome? Well, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I I appreciate that. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, I already know the answer to this because you've already said it in different ways, but I'm still going to ask you: What does changing the narrative mean to you? And what part are you affecting in that? You know, I guess the best
2: way I could explain that was. So at the risk of bringing the energy down again, <laughs>
0: That's all right. um, we're good. We're good. We're grounded. Okay, all right. yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, so with all the, with all the, especially with recent with all the civil unrest we've had behind oh, the, the uh, African-Americans relationship with the police in this country and policing in this country and all of this, one of the things that I always said was, you know, America overall, it's, it's starting to, changed very slowly and a little bit, but America's a really segregated country. And when I say that, you know, it's possible that if you're, let's say, if you're a white person and you grew up, let's say middle to upper middle class, to middle class, upper middle class, or beyond, it's very feasible that you've grown up and gone your entire life without ever really having a meaningful conversation with a person of color. Not, you know, not even just a black person, I mean, any person of color, meaningful, you know, to, in, in order to really get to know that person, right? And so it's, there's so many people that grow up and their only knowledge of people of colors from what they see on television. And that's why the images and the things that are portrayed about us are so important and so powerful because, you know, if people see something over and over, that's, that's what they start to believe the case is. And so, you know, when, when you know, when the news portrays us a certain way, when films portray us a certain way, television shows portray us a certain way, there are going to be people who, who may start to believe, oh, these are these. And who, especially if they've never had a chance to really sit down and talk or meet someone of color, they go, I don't, they're like, they're not even people. And I think a lot of policemen don't see us as people per se. You know, I mean, how many right. times have we seen police talk down a white person or something who's going crazy or doing something, they'll talk them down, maybe even wrestle with them sometimes or whatever, but it's certainly not the first option just to, to shoot, to shoot them. Right. Right.
0: Whereas, bring them to lunch. Avery. Exactly, bring them to yeah, lunch.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Bring them lunch. Right. After doing murder, um, you know, doing horrific things. Right. Bring them lunch. Right. You know, they still treat them after they do the most barbaric inhuman things, they still get treated like human beings. Whereas with us, First option is, is shoot now, ask questions later, uh, you know, shoot now. It's, and I think a lot of that is because we're just not even viewed. And, and you kind of mentioned this earlier as human beings, you know, so a lot of it is what I try to do and and and, and trying to do is just is to, to do things, to put things out there that show a humanized image of black folks. And I think, you know, when you, so, cause a lot of things in questions, I'm like, these are, Th- these are all black folks on the screen, but they're going through things that everybody goes through. Exactly, this, everybody can relate to it. It's not you know you don't have to be black to relate to it. You don't have to, everybody can relate to the to the things that they're going through. And I think we need to see so much more of that. And so it's just about the humanization. And so I'm just trying to do what I can to to humanize you know black folks until until we live in a society where. We're not so segregated and 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 it's it's not a big deal for a white person to know a black person and all of these other kinds of things. I'm trying to do what I can to to put out more human images of, of us. That's awesome. Because I think that's going to be that's a big part of what needs to happen in this country.
0: Look, you got a big job ahead of you, right? <laughs> it sounds like you're the man to do it. I really appreciate your time, your effort, your part in changing the narrative, coming on here and talking to us and having fun. You have Thank to come back and uh, and tell us more because we could have definitely gone on with this conversation.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I definitely would love to come back. Please have me back. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Awesome.
0: Thank you. Baby. Take care. All right. You too.
1: J.D. and I want to thank our fabulous producers at I Am Music Group. And for all of you out there who want to do your own podcast, go to IAMmusicgroup.com and the team will hit you back.
0: Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And also, leave us a review let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Change the Narrative with J.D. Fuller.